French is a difficult language. The inherent complexity of the syntax, the subtleties in the use of the feminine and masculine genders, the precision of the tenses, and the multiple registers of semantics that must be used in accordance with social context are such that it is one of the most complex languages in the world. The complexity of the French language is the result of the long history of France and the fact that France has always been a nation steeped in revolt as well as in concord. The French language is known as the vehicle of both disputes and reconciliation, both battles and truces. If you consider French from the point of view of tag mimics, which derives from American structuralism and the work of Kenneth Lee Pike that posits linguistic analysis should be based on the correlation between a grammatical function and the class of items that are likely to occur in that function, well, French is a complex language. Real tough grammar, to put it simply. French is the only language spoken on all five continents. It is the official language of Congo, Mali, Niger, Senegal, and Togo, to name a few. And that's just Africa. There's also Quebec, which, of course, is not in Africa. Furthermore, French is the only language in the world, the second letter of which is R, if you exclude Oromo, Armenian, Creole, Ursu, Greek, Arabic, or Hobo, and possibly several. We're not here to quibble. By the way, and I'm taking a quick tangent here, there's one language I find really cool. It's called Zazaki. It's spoken by the Zazas. Some people call it Kirmanjki, Kurdki, Dimli, or even Dimilki but I prefer to call it Zazaki whenever it comes up in the conversation. I once got into a big argument at Harvard with a professor who called it Kirky, and I said, excuse me, professor, but uh, isn't it also called uh, Zazaki, the language of the Zazas? He took it personally. He asked me if I was picking a fight. Things started to heat up and get out of hand. The police came, and there was real commotion on campus. Hundreds of neurolinguists from Columbia, Yale, and MIT, who were attending the lecture, sided with me. Very few people are aware of this, but that was the incident that sparked the student riots in Massachusetts in the spring of 1997 for the record. Anyway, it blew over. We're the best of friends now. We play tennis together every Thursday with his wife and um, <clears throat> her, her girlfriend. Sometimes we go bowling, too. Last time we had a good laugh because his wife's um, girlfriend, 
who's a molecular biologist, by the way, insisted on putting hand sanitizer in the holes of everyone's bowling balls. And believe it or not, we actually scored better than usual. Ah, oh, the fun we had. Anyway, Zazaki is an Indo-European language spoken by the Zazas. You're probably wondering where the Zazas live. Well, they live in the regions of Dursim, Elazig, and Diyarbakir. There, now you know. Zazaki. Some people think it's a musical style, or an exotic dish, or a dance, or something. But they're mistaken. It's a language. Commit this to memory. It may very well come up in a crossword puzzle. Zazaki, spoken by the Zazas. Now back to French. A difficult language. Plenty of words. Real tough grammar. And all that. Another episode of the Muffy Drake Show. I hope you like ear candy. I do. And I'm hoping that after listening to all the stories we tell you, you'll walk away with a feeling like you have circus peanuts stuck in your ears. You know, like the orange ones, the ones they used to give you when you were a kid going to the circus, like, like we used to do with dad before the clowns decided that they had it in for him and, and so what, <clears throat> what 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 I mean is the world sometimes uh, seems to to be the with the, with the current situation with, with all the um, um, I once had a teacher in the fourth grade who was always picking on my best friend Tommy and telling him he would never amount to anything if he didn't stop pulling the pigtails of the girl who sat in front of him. And I mean, Tommy used to pull that poor girl's pigtails until she started crying. Well, one day, she showed up for school, and guess what? That's right, she had cut off her pigtails and reattached them with scotch tape so that you'd never know her secret. And you guessed it, Tommy went right up to her to pull her pigtails and he thought he had ripped them from her head. And Vanessa, that was the little girl's name, Vanessa started flopping on the floor like a fish out of water, like Tommy had triggered some massive seizure by ripping her hair out. So, she's flopping on the floor, just like a rainbow trout, and she even popped a couple of Alka-Seltzers into her mouth for dramatic effect. Now, there's foam coming out of her mouth, and Vanessa is rolling her eyes back into her head as she continues to flop. And I mean flop. She's even making her mouth look like a fish. Have you ever done that? Anyway, 
Tommy is just standing there taking all of this in. Like, I don't know, some famous French film director or something watching a performance by his favorite actress. Everyone else is stunned. And some of the kids in the classroom are even crying. Not Tommy. Vanessa keeps it up now for about 45 seconds and she's moaning and making fish sounds. More kids are crying and the teacher has gone to get the school nurse. Now I'm thinking, holy shit, this kid has ice water in his veins. He's watching a classmate have what appears to be a massive convulsion that he caused. And he's just standing there like a 10-year-old Francois Truffaut. Just then, he yells, Cut! And print! Could someone please check the gate? Seriously, he said, Could someone please check the gate? There was total silence. I mean, the teacher's out of the classroom, and we're all alone. Our 10-year-old minds are trying to take in what has just happened. Then, the classroom burst into applause, thunderous applause. Now the kids who were crying are now giving Tommy and Vanessa a standing ovation. Everyone is standing on their desks now and clapping, screaming, you know, like kids like to do. Tommy helps Vanessa up from the floor, and the two of them grab hands and take a bow. Some kids are throwing roses at their feet picked from the indoor garden science project. I never found out if this was planned by Tommy and Vanessa or a fantastic, spontaneous thing that just happened. I heard years later that Vanessa grew up to become a famous actress winning two Tonys, three Academy Award nominations, and she even had a home in the south of France that she would rent out to total strangers if they could um, produce ticket stubs from any of her many performances. And I suppose you're wondering what became of my best friend Tommy, who loved to pull little girls' pigtails. Tommy never went into film or theater. Um, he, Tommy, um, robbed a liquor store when he was 19 and was sent to the Central State Prison where, after failing repeatedly working in the laundry, Tommy became the prison barber. cousin is a fresh air freak. She's constantly opening windows. She can't stand the sight of a closed one. Our house is the only house that has more fresh air inside than outside. The other day, while we were relaxing in the backyard, I said, I can't breathe out here. I'm going inside to get some fresh air. 
she wasn't amused. As you can well imagine, she sleeps with the bedroom window wide open. One night, <sighs> I distinctly remember it was in the bleak December, an ungainly fowl flew in with many a flirt and flutter. Then it stayed perched above our chamber door, perched and sat, watching us as we were making love. Lenore, I whispered, this can't go on. This ominous bird is telling us it is wrong. You are but a wretch, she shrieked. I shall return into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. I shall hear nothing of that word thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. I was expecting her eyes to turn white and her head to spin 360 degrees. Yes, I know, it's shocking, but it gets worse. A few months after that incident, in the middle of the summer, a small blizzard broke out in the living room. Maybe you're overdoing this fresh air thing, I ventured, as she was pondering, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. The problem, you see, is not only birds. We're having trouble with wildlife in general. Our house is the only house which attracts hibernating animals in the summer. Hedgehogs, woodchucks, squirrels, chipmunks, groundhogs, you name it. They say wild animals are confused by climate change. You're telling me. If I ever come across a polar bear in the house, I told her, it's either me or him. My beloved cousin looked at me looked at me with eyes that had all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. I was unable to tell what on earth she was thinking. I don't know, maybe she was startled at the stillness broken by my words so aptly spoken. On the morrow she will leave me, I thought, as my hopes have flown before. Our eyes stayed as though in a lock, but the clock struck midnight. So she opened the window and flew out. Yes, flew. I was certain my eyes had not deceived me. I rushed to see where she had gone. Deep into the darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing. But I could no longer see Lenore. Outside, there was fresh air, fresh air, and nothing more.
So I'm sitting in here minding my own business, and just then the mimes show up at the zoo. You know, mimes. They make their way over in front of my cage to do their routine because I'm thinking they need a captive audience to watch this shit. And who is more held captive than moi? I'm interested, I have to admit, curious even, as to what they'll do. And that's when they started up with the mimes trapped in a box routine. <laughs> and, I, and I just lost it. Are you kidding me? Mimes trapped in a box? Hey, hey, pally boy. Try being trapped in a cage for five years having to watch whatever shit is in front of these bars. What happens next? I'm not proud of, but what was I to do? So, they're pressing their hands up against the imaginary walls of their box, and I lean into the front of my wall, which isn't imaginary, by the way, and is made of steel. I lean in, and in my deepest basso profundo voice, I say, Guys, I'm bored to death. Yes, just not that bored. And do you know what they did? <laughs> they laughed, right hand to God, and I mean a belly laugh. We're the best of friends now. They come see me every Sunday dressed in full mime makeup, and we shoot the shit for hours. I mean, once you get a mime talking, they won't shut up. Great group of guys. True story. You can't make stuff like this up. <laughs> Muffy Drake Podcast. We're based out of Paris, France, you know. I don't speak French. It's a very, very difficult language to learn uh, in your spare time. But they really have good desserts. And if you have a six-pack of beer in the fridge and French visitors staying with you for a month, it will still be there when they leave. And that's what I love about the French. Until next time, au revoir, amigos.